Hi, this is Dominic Lombardozzi. You're listening to Vicki Abelson, The Road Taken. Hi, I'm Vicki Abelson. I wrote a book called Don't Jump. Andy Stone is my heroine, and she was addicted to everything pretty much except heroin. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. She just totally captures the excitement of, of rock stars. And famous athletes and famous comedians. Sort of an insider's view from the outside. The warmth and wit of Vicky's writing knocked me out. In, in a good way, not, not like Cosby. Too soon? Vicky wrote a book? Vicki Abelson's long-awaited new book, Don't Jump, is finally here. Don't miss it. Available on Amazon. Quick Impressions is a full-service commercial printer with pricing that competes with online wholesalers. The difference is their customer service. From business cards, envelopes, brochures, to mailers, presentation folders, DVD and CD packaging, cartons, signs, to calendars, and I've used them for just about all of those things myself, including the galleys and bookmarks and signature plates for my own book, and custom-designed tissue boxes and notepads and labels for women who write. They've done it all. Um, and I ain't easy to please, as you well know, DJ. And they always blow me away. The quality of their work is stellar, and they're the nicest people ever. That's Quick Impressions. Hold the C. Quick. Q-U-I-K. Ask for Rick, but that does have a C. And then tell them that Vicky sent you, which also has a C. And they will love you up. You can find them at quickimpressions.com for all your printing needs. Welcome to Vicki Abelson's broadcast, The Road Taken, Celebrity Maps to Success. Vicki's the creator and host of the renowned celebrity-driven literary salon, Women Who Write, and the author of Amazon bestseller, Don't Jump. Here's Vicki. Hey, Wheezy. Hey, Vicki. How you doing? I'm doing excellent. How are you doing? You know what? I'm doing good. Oh, good. I, good. I, you know, I hate that. How you doing? I'm doing good. We talked about this last week, and yeah. and then you know, we really we always say we're doing good, even when we're not doing good. No, we don't. Well, we talk not, about not, what's going right. on. I I don't mean us, but but no. Last week, I think I said how you doing good, and then maybe it wasn't last week, but one of these times. It's something that people tend to say even when they're not and until you really get into it, until you ask a further question at least. But um, but I'm really good, uh, genuinely good. Excellent. And I hope you are too. I am, truly. Ex- well, that's really good to hear. I'm excellent because I'm realizing that I am actually manifesting things that I'm setting out to manifest. Um, as many of you who listen to The Road Taken know, I've been working with a life coach, and yes, I am smiling in, <laughs> when I say it. Um, I've talked about Jer- Jeremy Stevens ad nauseum for the last couple months because he's, he's changing, he's helping me to change my life. If I said he's changing my life, he'd take offense at that and correct me and say, I'm changing my life. He's just the catalyst. But what's happened is um, I shared at Women Who Write yesterday, and it's live on the Facebook for anybody out there um, who's interested. Paula Poundstone, uh, Steve O'Donnell, and Jody Siegel were in my living room. Uh, we're, we're recording this on Wednesday, May 31st. It'll be up uh, next Tuesday. But... Um, what an extraordinary day we had yesterday. Yes, we did. Right? I mean, I'm still high from that. And it's all on Facebook? It's all on Facebook. Yes. The, yes, they can see the whole show, which was, I think, like an hour and 20 minutes yesterday. It was shorter than usual. But 
brilliant to brilliant to brilliant from one to the next uh, from Jody's music to Steve O'Donnell's brilliant piece on being a twin uh, to then Paula just being Paula. I mean, I, I sincere, you know, I keep saying this and, and people think I'm, I'm doing it to kiss her ass. She, I, I really think she's one of the funniest humans on the entire planet Earth. I mean, she's just. Well, she just is. She just is. Yep. Yeah, I mean everything. You know, uh, I got a note from her after the salon. She she had to rush, and uh, she couldn't stay and 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 sign all the book. I mean, she she signed, but um, she was really rushing because I didn't know why. She, she, I knew she had an appointment in Studio City, and it turned out I got a note from her, and she said she had to be at Tavis Smiley's by 145 so they could do her makeup. Ah. But she said she got there at 155 so they only did her eyebrows. Ah. <laughs> but I mean, like only Paula would like, you know, just I'm sorry, that's funny. Um and then she did this she did this whole bit to like start uh, her her set yesterday at, at, at Women Who Write where she was saying how she ran into another woman on their way in and she wasn't sure which was my apartment and they went into another apartment which of course they didn't really do and that the woman didn't know who she was. She said, oh, I'm going to see Paula Pounce. I'm sure she made all of that up but she did it so effortlessly and brilliantly. It's like she's jazz improvising. Like she, yes. she'll just take a topic and she's just like, it's like watching a genius just completely improvise and create hilarity out of finding your apartment which is exactly what it was she just improvised she totally made this whole scenario up that was so plausible yeah. right yeah. everything about it and she does it with such uh in, in integrity and and commitment and passion that i believed every word as she was saying but of course it was all crap but it was fantastic um but anyway, so so that was yesterday, which was wonderful. So I've been sharing about Jeremy and talking about, I talked yesterday about it, and I'll say just a little bit about it today because I feel like I keep repeating the same stuff. But uh, my life coach was telling me that because I have so many things going on at the same time, a, a literary salon, this this podcast, I'm writing a screenplay, I'm turning my book into a, a television show, all this stuff going on, that he said, when I am in something, when I'm riding up a horse, to ride it as if it's the only horse I'm ever going to have in my life. And I have really applied that in the last week since he suggested that to me, less than a week, to every single thing I've done, including my romantic life, my social networking life, my in-life networking life, to everything, to each project. And doors have been like opportunities have been presenting at every turn and um including yeah yes so yesterday at women who write i i uh, was talking about this and i said how i had been to an event and i had given out my cards to like 10 rock boys at this um hired gun event which is a fantastic documentary i cannot recommend highly enough um I went to the jam last week. I invited you, Louise, and you weren't able to come with me, but it was brilliant at uh, Lucky Strike. And then the, the film the next day. And I, you know, normally at an event, 
I know that if I give my cards out, I'm lucky if one out of a dozen people will call me the next, if if even that. I really, the best thing is always to get somebody, else, to get them to put their number in my phone or to get them to text me right there so that I can then contact them because the odds that somebody's going to take a card out of their purse and follow up slim to none. Last week, everybody called me back. Every, Everybody got in touch with me that said they would, that I gave a card to. Wow. With the exception of one person. Who is that? Who sucker? was Phil X, the lead guitar player for Bon Jovi. I'm so done with him. Wait. What? Here's the great news. Okay. I'm telling this story at Women Who Write yesterday on camera, live on Facebook, and saying out loud that. Um, the only person that I hadn't heard from was Phil X. But meanwhile, I had written a note to Liberty DeVito, who's Billy Joel's drummer, who's the, who, the one who invited me to the event, and said, Liberty, would you would you put in a good word for me with Phil, which he had done personally. But I said, would you give him a little push? He's the only one I haven't heard from. Anyway, as Emmy was leaving, the woman who was running the Facebook Live for me, she said, oh, by the way, Phil X texted you. She had my phone. That's how she was taping Facebook. Yeah, I saw Phil that. X texted you while you were like right after I was talking. He wasn't watching. He just it was the universe responding to it was manifestation. Louise is what it was. Yeah, sounds like it. So I heard from Philly goes, when would you like to do the interview? <gasps> Hello. Wow. You know, and I'm just saying that. What the other thing that Jeremy has gotten me to do is he he basically got me in thinking that one of my favorite expressions is if something's not meant to be, nothing I do is going to change it. And if it is meant to do to be, nothing I do is going to make it happen. And he said, that's not really I don't think that's serving you. I did I tell talk about this last week? I don't remember if you we talked about a lot of the life coast. Uh, yeah. life coach lessons last week but I, I don't, don't know if we talked about this he, one he last week you talked about how you're just never supposed to quit and I had a little bit of a problem with that I I think that's part of this yeah was that he said um maybe we did talk about this one he said um that my new mantra instead of destiny should be the yes we did talk about because I said I'm not, I'm going to get whatever I want and I'm, you know, and, and no matter what anybody thinks about it, I'm not going to get specific here again, but I have applied that and to not be persistent and be willing to take no for an answer and go back and go back and go back, but rather to not leave a conversation until I get a yes and to keep giving more argument, I don't want to say argument, but more compelling reasons why something should happen. And so I have applied that since he suggested it on Friday. And I have to say, it's working for me. Um, I've been persistent and I've been getting yeses. And um, it's all fascinating stuff. And it's, it's really about changing my perspective and also embracing the fact that I'm worth it, that I'm worthy, which is something I have to let, I, I, it, it makes me cringe inside when I say it out loud, because it feels so well, I weird. Think, I think what you're presenting to people is this concept that what I have to offer is as good for you as it is for me. Exactly, that's so what he wants let's me. So let's, let's determine what is our common ground and meet there. 
and and you really have to believe that you have that to offer and that so for example if you're pitching someone to be on this show right here's why that will be great for you rather than love me love me love me or or you know that person that's just always in your face saying i want i need your attention i need your attention i need your attention and and you could just turn around and walk away from that person because they're annoying it's just a lot of noise but if someone is saying no here's why you need to come towards me because this will be great for you well that's, i think i think fundamentally that's correct but that's that in in this specific case that's not really the case because i do believe that the road to, when i do approach anybody to be on the road taken or at women who write it's always about what i'm willing to do for them to help promote whatever they're doing which i don't necessarily do on the show because we talk about the road their path but which i do a shit ton of on social media for them as much as i possibly can to draw attention to their projects right but maybe you're selling it better if you're not apologizing for it well i think it's all about i don't think it's about how i'm selling it as much as the internal belief right that i am worthy yeah it's, that's really what it is it's not that the words coming out of my mouth are really any different i see it's really about my perception of myself okay and making a decision that i that i am being of service to them that what i have to offer is worthy that they are not above me that we are equals We're in colleagues. this path of life yes. and all of us have all something to, we all are walking the path we've all got something to give to each other and what i am bringing to the table is worthy and i don't usually think of myself that way so I see. okay it's, it's, so it's really that it's really more the inter the internal belief and so um that's a huge change, a huge shift in my brain, which is which is transmitting to different things happening. So in keeping with that, uh -huh. I announced tonight, I dropped a, a, a hint about it um, last week, but I'm gonna say that we're gonna, we're gonna be moving to, um, we're, gonna, we're gonna be a video show. We're gonna be on Zina TV and um, uh, the road taken and we're gonna be in the studio and you're gonna be able to not only hear us but look at our lovely, f do we talk about this? We did. We hinted at it and I don't even know the details. I know that you don't and we even have a start date that we have to talk about but um, it looks like we're gonna launch on June 28th. We'll talk about if that works for you and we're gonna uh, shoot for that. Um, also shooting for the fact that we're gonna have a really big star. We need somebody really exciting so I'm, I'm, I'm not going to commit to the date till I know I've got somebody nailed. I think we should open with Bill Murray because that always worked for Letterman. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm laughing, but from what I know, Samantha actually talked to Bill Murray on the phone when no. she was yes, because she was hostessing at Tribeca Grill, and he's one of the he's one of the uh, investors. Oh wow! And uh, he called to make a reservation, and she talked to him, and uh, they ended up not he ended up not coming in that night, but uh, she had a gas with him on the phone. Um, he is not unreachable because Drew Nieprint is partner of the yeah he's a friend of mine and you know who knows maybe you know we might well i mean <laughs> nothing is impossible if we believe it can be see possible. if they're coming in person you can always offer the brownies <laughs> i didn't think of that that's kind of foolproof i didn't think of the brownies we're gonna i'm gonna ha i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to bake a, a tray of brownies every week that's yeah. not a bad idea i'm yeah. kind of liking that we'll give it to the people in the studio they'll be they'll make this show sound and look even better I, I, I'm loving this. So yeah, we're going to be on Zina TV. 
and uh, you'll you'll be able to look at us and listen to us. And so, where can people go to sample Zinna TV, or where would they find us? Well, the, just z i n n a t v dot com. Uh, Eric Roberts and Eliza Roberts have a show on there. Andy Dick has a show on there. Um, uh, but I'm hoping that we're going to be the uh, flagship show for Zinna TV very soon. And um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have some most excellent people on there looking forward to it and um speaking of most excellent people and looking forward to it i got to tell you louise our guest tonight is somebody that i have been chasing for since last july when when we started this and um dominic okay this is going to be a challenge i can for me. already say his name because you told it to me go ahead dominic lombardozzi thank you yes dominic lombardozzi because it's like it's Lombardo, like Vince Lombardo, but with an Ozzy, which is just you know kind of a perk. It it is a perk, and Dominic is a perk. Dominic is an extraordinary. Um, I'm so excited. I met Dominic at Phil Rosenthal's. Where I, I, I like three quarters of our guests. I meet at Phil Rosenthal's. Yes, this is your social mixer I mean, of I don't choice. Know, I don't know what I'll ever do if, if Phil stops inviting me. All our guests will dry up right there my, I'm gonna have to get out in the world more but Phil um, was doing a uh, a pilot I think at the, I believe it started out as a pilot for the Winklers and so there's two degrees here Louise because I know Henry is a, Henry's is a, my guy Henry is your guy yeah and uh, Dominic was playing Henry's uh, son-in-law wow it was based on something true from from Henry's life about uh, his, I guess his daughter and son-in-law moved in with he and his wife, uh-huh. and so Dominic was playing that son-in-law, Aww. and um, and Phil was very enamored with the project, and and everything I heard from Dominic was great. So I, I believe it was turned into um, a TV movie, um, but it didn't get picked up for series. But that's probably the only thing Dominic's ever done that wasn't successful. Um, most know he's a, he's a fellow Bronxite, which ugh, I mean. Uh, there aren't a lot of us uh, out here that I know of, so it, it excites me. We've got the accent to prove it. Um, he, okay, so so Dominic is best known for The Wire. Um, for he was on for the for the duration. One of the major characters, Herc. Um, so everybody out there who's a Wire watcher, know, The Wire knows Dominic from that. And such ardent fans. I mean, my first my friend Bruce will has said that The Wire he believes is the best show that has ever been on television and he puts it above breaking bad he swear you know he swears it's the best thing ever that's a pretty high endorsement from somebody who knows their beans um dominic uh, has been on almost everything and and what's interesting is that he was actually if 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 wiki is right and i can't wait to ask dom about it uh de niro discovered dom when he was 17 and put him in in the bronx in a bronx tale and um he played Nikki Zero, and uh, I watched. I, I had seen the film when it came out, but I watched the clip again today on YouTube. And wow, uh, his very first film, he already had it. Wow. He had it in those moments. And and what's interesting about Dom too is that everything, almost every part he he's in, he's either on one side of the law or the other. He's like either the criminal. Like on Entourage, he had a recurring role, fantastic, as Dom. And uh, 
I, I was rewatching some of those clips today too, and uh, the first one I watched, he's naked from the back, hysterical. But he's like a real mook in that one. He's he's just out of prison, but then he's also like on on Rosewood and on the Wire. He's he's the law. And he's been on 24 and he's been on Oz and Law and, Law and Order and NYPD Blue. I mean, I've talked to him about why it is that, that he gets cast as so much and that he was also in the Tom Hanks film, um, the recent one. Oh, my God. Why am I spacing out right now? Wait a minute. I have to. Um, oh, oh, on uh, Bridge of Spies. Oh, he, yes, I he love in, Bridge yes. of Spies. In, in the first, he's in like the first five minutes of Bridge of Spies. He's there already. Um, he also uh, was a regular on The Breakout Kings, on Boardwalk Empire, The Adventures of Mr. Uh, Clown. He's currently in Rosewood that's running. Um, I'm sure they're going to get picked up for another season if they haven't already. Um, he's been in Sneaky Pete, the two seasons of Sneaky Pete. Um, he's got three shows in either post-production, pre-production, or about to drop. I mean, the man is always, always working. He's got one of those faces where you see him and you say, I know I know him. I might, you know, not everybody might know his name, but everybody knows him. You just, he's one of those guys, um, just so recognizable. And his work is so exceptional. And what I, what I love about Dom is his, um, his, his attention to, to his craft. And, and we'll talk when he joins us in a moment about that, because I had a personal experience with him where I saw him study his craft, which I, I just respect so much and I respect him so much and I adore him so much. He's absolutely lovely and um, wildly talented and incredibly charming. And um, I'm thrilled to introduce you to him, Wheezy, and all of you out there to my friend, Dominic Labarndosi. Hey, Dom. Hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. Thank you so much for doing this. I, I was telling Louise, I, I want to introduce you to my producer, Louise Palanker. Hello, Dom. Hey, Louise. And hey, hi. How are you? I'm doing v very well. Thank you. Because I'm, I'm a fellow Bronxite, a Bronx girl, I call her Louise Palanka. Do you, do you drop your ERs? Do you say, do you say like water? Because I do. Do you do that? Uh, of course. Yeah, and I say pizza with, and I add an er to pizza. I don't know why that is, but well, I say pizza. Yeah. <laughs> so that's... I, I, yeah, I, I think you got me on that one. Okay. Um. <laughs> yeah, but the, yeah, wa you know, water, water, uh, you know, yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we, we know we got we have our own language. We do, and and the Bronx is a yeah. very specific New York accent, and. Um, well, it's funny. It's funny you bring that up because it's it's people from New York. Whether you're from Brooklyn, Queens, uh, Staten Island, Manhattan, upstate New York, yeah, you you can hear the difference. Oh, absolutely. Between the boroughs, yes, absolutely. It's strange. It's strange, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And and the thing is that I lived I lived in the Bronx for most of my childhood, but I lived in Queens through high school. And so mm -hmm. they sounded weird to me, and I guess I sounded weird to them. But then I lived in Manhattan for like 40 years, and I, tr and I lived in, in Arizona, and I've lived out in California for a while, and I've tried really hard to get rid of my Bronx accent because I have shame around it for some reason. And I have to say that, you know, it, but it comes out. It's just who I am. You can well, take you know, the girl uh, out you, of the Bronx. You know what the shame comes from? The what? shame comes from, um, I, I could be wrong. Okay. But... Um, 
it's usually perceived as ignorance. I, I think it is. I think we're thought of as dumb people, right? We are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and um, meanwhile, you know that we both know that's not the case. Yes. But um, it, I think we feel that, and so we're we're a bit ashamed of it when we leave when we leave the nest, when we leave our environment, we either you go to Arizona or you go to Los Angeles or you go to any other part of the, in the States. Um, and you're like, wow, every, just, everybody just talks so different than me. You know, they sound like newscasters, you know. And <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, like, and I tried so hard, like, you know, well, going, going to school. wrong here, you know, <laughs> and, but. Um, but I'm yeah, listening it, to it, you it, now, it, and you don't. Me, yeah. You don't really. Ha- I, I'm not hearing it. You know, I did at the beginning when you said New York and you said pizza. But now that you're speaking, I mean, and I'm imagining because you've done so many roles that have spanned. I mean, uh, I was just going through your credits on the air, and I was saying to Louise how we're gonna ha- we're gonna talk about this. How it seems like you're on either side of the law most of the time. You're either playing like uh, that you're a, a, a your law enforcement or you're a criminal. But y- you seem to be having to do with that a lot. But but your roles have spanned so many so much. There's so much variety that you do speak kind of. You know how to speak standard English. And well, not- I, 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 yeah, well, I, I, I here's the thing. You, you you have to be given the opportunity and and our, our business just you know you know they see you a certain way and hopefully every now and then you you know uh, somebody comes along who who thinks outside the box right. and and gives you the opportunity to to show some different colors and and but it really really it's it's difficult. It's 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 difficult to say. Yeah, you know. Have you done? Have, have you ever cop. not gotten a role because be. of your your yeah. accent? Do you think that's ever hindered you? Of course, it has. I think my name, my name. Yeah. I, 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 of course. Yeah. I, yeah. 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 So people won't even yeah, call you because they because make an my assumption. My name ends in a vowel. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Has it hindered me? Of course it does. Of course it has. <laughs> Your name ends in a vowel. I love it. All right. So, you know, <laughs> it's, it, 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 but it, it's, it's everyone, it, you know, every, everyone has, you know, some, some has higher fences to climb than others, you know, but yeah. everyone goes through it, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's, it, you know, it, it's just, you know. Well, I, I think know. some people have an easier I mean, we path. We can go down a whole different road with this, but, uh, well, we're going to go down your road, Dom. That's why. Talk about things. Yeah. So I I wanted to tell you before we start. So Louise, um, also known as Wheezy, because she worked on the Jeffersons, and when you have a name like Louise, they call you Wheezy. But Louise oh, wow. is is good friends with, with with Henry Winkler, and so I was telling Louise that you and I met because Phil was doing the Winklers yeah. with you. And uh, around that time, yeah, yes, yeah. And so you guys have that connection to Henry. So how? So how was? How did you find Henry? Tell us about Henry. Your experience. That well, that whole experience for me was one of the highlights in my career. Wow! Really, um, because I, I I got to know Phil Rosenthal. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to know his family, 
and you know how close I am with them. Yes. And um, I was telling we Louise about, about the, the story about the down, house. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you see, what, what, I up to that point, I had never, ever, ever in my career was ever brought in to read for a sitcom. Really? Let alone, never. Wow. Ever. And, uh, and I, 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 at that point, I was, you know, probably 20 years. Wow. You know, 19 years in the bit. Never, ever. Wow. Was I ever considered for com- that type of comedy, um, let alone uh, a multicam. So, um, wh- so why do you think that happened? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I guess, you know, talking to Phil, Phil was looking for guys and, and really nobody really hit the mark for him. Mm-hmm. And, and so they just kept bringing other people and they went, they went down different avenues. And, and I, I was in LA at the time shooting a movie and I got the script and I thought it was a, I thought it was a, a goof. Mm-hmm. I called my agent, the manager. I said, come on, are you serious about this? <laughs> like, yeah, they want to see you. I'm like, okay, well, I'll learn these 15 pages. Okay. <laughs> so I learned the 15 pages. Um, I go in and I'm not going to mention who was in the room. Okay. Um, but like the outside of the casting office, okay. like actors waiting to read. <gasps> but uh, no one, Vicky. Really? No one looked like me. I know one who looked. Oh, okay. God. You're going to have to tell me <laughs> off saying. camera because I, I, now I'm like dying to know who it is. Okay. Well, well, Jason Alexander. No, 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 okay. not bald. Okay, and not, not you know, maybe a little overweight. So, you know, Hollywood, Holly, like Hollywood. Shit. I can't think of all this. All right. Yeah, and um, I'm like, what am I doing here? Uh-huh. And and I leave, yeah. and I go, and I go outside, and I do some push-ups, <laughs> and. And I drink some water and I start sweating and I'm like, oh, fuck. And so they finally call me in and Phil's there and Max Winkler's there and Jake Johnson's there and Rob is there. And 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 I just start going. Mm -hmm. We start doing it and Phil starts laughing and, you know, we're in, you know, it's going really well. I'm hitting, I feel like I'm hitting all the marks and, and stuff because it, it, what's great about Phil's writing is it, he sets up the jokes. Absolutely. You know, and it's certain words that I, we, and I think it's, be, you know, after, after the fact, I learned we enjoyed the same type of comedy. Right. And, and, uh, so I, I, for some reason I got it, you know, and, and, um, and he goes, have you ever done a sitcom before? And I go, no, I, I, I've never done a sitcom before. Have you ever done a play? I, I've done, no, I haven't really done a play that you would know. Wow. And, uh, and he goes, I think you could do it. And I go, great. And I got the test offer and, and had to go through the whole circus and put a network and, and studio and wind up getting it. And then I meet Henry Winkler who, I don't know, what can you say about Henry Winkler? He's probably the most decent human being I ever met in Hollywood. 
Um, I think Louise would probably second that. Uh, Louise, you seconding that? Beyond. Yeah, yeah. She's always said I mean, that. There's, I mean, if, if anyone ever came up to you and uttered a bad word about Henry Winkler, you would really have to second guess yeah. <laughs> the person talking to you. <laughs> I, 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 he is... He's a mensch, yeah. you know. He's just—he's he's, he's just a great human being. All he—he—he he, he loves people. Yeah. Um. I—I—I—I uh, I, I, I just don't—I have nothing but great things to say about. I him. love to hear that. He's—he's he's a wonderful human being. I love to hear that. I'm good friends yeah. with Anson Williams, and I've become friends with Donnie Most now, and and they all—they say the same exact thing. Everybody says that about Henry. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he has like a, a, a bad bone in his body. Mm. You know, I, I've never he he, he 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 was nothing but helpful to me. He knew it was my first time, and and whatever you know, whenever he saw that I was nervous or or I was I was just trying to figure something out, mm-hmm. or it was either Phil or it was either Henry or even Judith Light. Mm. who I think is like the female equivalent to like Henry. Wow. Wow. Henry Winkler, wow. You, you know, um, she, she, she is an amazing woman. Mm-hmm. So nice. I mean, both of the, both, both of these people took me under their wing, you know, they're veterans and, 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 uh, they, they couldn't have been any more helpful. So so what was, was that like really for you to great. do comedy? We're going to go back to the beginning, how things started for you, but did you ever take a comedy class as you were coming? Did you study no. comedy at all? No, but I, there's probably a movie I haven't watched. Hmm. And I probably watched a lot, a lot of things multiple times. That, that, that was kind of like my, my training. I wasn't institutionally trained, and I really never went to school for it. I started young. I... Do you remember this commercial? You might remember, both of you guys might remember this. You remember Apex Tech School? Yeah. You remember that? Of course. You remember the bald-headed guy who used to do the commercial? He used to go, he used to go, he goes, it's simple. You learn a tool and it goes in the toolbox. (laughs) Right? (laughs) That's like my career. You know, I was just telling... I, I would I would look around. I would I, I always as a little kid always observe people. Yeah. To the point where it, it, sometimes it got me into trouble. <laughs> right from the Bronx, you can't stare at people that long. <laughs> but and um, I and it, that's kind of how my train. If I could do it all over again, um, yeah, I would love to go to school for it. I I, I wish I had the resources to do that. Um, I think exactly what you did, Dom, really has served you. And I was telling Louise before we uh, got on the phone with you that um, the one time that I saw you in your place, you were watching The Sopranos purposefully out of order and you were studying it. And um, you are clearly a student of your craft and you take it very seriously. That's very obvious by the quality of your work. So the fact that you haven't had formally formal training, you've you've done the work. You've clearly done the work. 
Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, um, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised you noticed that, yeah. No, I absolutely noticed it. And as a matter of fact, when we I were watching... I have a very high Apple TV, though. <laughs> <laughs> when, we were, when we were watching, and I mentioned that I know, um, you know, by the... Um, I'm trying to think when... Um, um, we were watching, and I said, oh, Christopher, I know him. He's done my, you know, and I, we're friends. And actually, mm-hmm. Louise is very good friends with Michael Imperioli. Um, she's trained his son in comedy, mm-hmm. um, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And, right. um, and when I mentioned to Michael that, that you had said such lovely things about him, he had nothing. He, he is a fan of yours and had nothing but wonderful things to say back about you. And you I, I, a funny story. Huh? Me and Michael Imperioli have been in this two, two, two movies together. What? We have never met. We, yeah, we, we, we've, we've never worked together in either film. Wow. One was a movie called Love in the Time of Money. Yeah. Which was uh, a film uh, that was uh, created in the Sundance Lab. Mm. And another movie was a movie that Vincent Piazza and Nick Sandow um, uh, directed and and they they directed and they wrote it and produced it um, called the Wannabe that was in the Tribeca Film Festival two right. years ago. Right, and that's where I finally I met him at the festival and we we talked and and I, I you know I've always been a fan of his um, ever since The Sopranos mm-hmm. and and actually I've been a fan of his when he got shot in the foot in Goodfellas. Right, of course. Um, well, okay. So, so (laughs) I want to go back and I want to, I want to, I want to talk about how this all started for you. So, so you're a little kid in the Bronx and is it, uh, and and I, and I, I can't believe how your career started. If, if Wikipedia is correct, we'll get to that. But when did you realize this is what you wanted to do? Uh, Yes. Um, okay. So, uh, um, Chaz and, uh, De Niro, they would, they were doing, um, they would basically casting uh, a Bronx Tale, right? And and uh, I think the story goes. Wait, wait, before you wait, before wait, 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 stop before you tell me the wait, stop before you tell me the Bronx Tale story. I want to hear about Dominic as a little kid. Like, did you want to be an actor when you were a little kid? Was that your dream? No. Well, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to play for the Yankees. Ah. And did you play baseball? Yeah, I played baseball. You did play baseball. Okay. Um, I played, yeah, I played Little League. I played, or, you know, school ball. I, I played um, organized ball, softball. Um, I mean, that, that, at that age, you know, the, my, don't forget, I was 14, 15 years old at the time. Okay. Um, I wanted, you know... The, you know, it was either baseball, fireman, lawyer. I always thought <laughs> maybe I would be a good litigator, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I like playing devil's advocate all the time. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's always good to see how other people are thinking when they're tested. You can't always agree with people, you know? Absolutely. Um, they, they have to give you reasons why they feel the way they do. Mm-hmm. So when you play devil's advocate, you kind of fish it out of them. <laughs> um but um, so then I, you know, um, I 
they took I was blonde hair, blue eyes. Really? Um yeah. And um I got I don't have a shot. My mom made me go read and and you know, it's like, oh, you know, all these other kids, they're reading for parts. And my, some of my friends, my 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 buddies, my, my, my real friends, you know, my true friends, were all going in, you know? So I mean, it was, so it, wait, it, so it was your mother who encouraged you? These were coming in from everywhere. They were coming in from every borough because a lot of the casting was being done at the Italian-American Playhouse uh-huh. and on Arthur Avenue. And... So I went and, you know, they took my picture. They called me back. I read a couple of lines. I get, then they, they eliminated the kids who knew how to read and the kids who didn't know how to read. Mm-hmm. And then, so like, they just kept, it just kept going on and going on and going on until finally, um, I have to read for De Niro and Chaz and, uh, down in Tribeca and I go. And Chaz goes to me, he goes, uh, and I, I walk in the room and I, De Niro's on the phone and Chaz walks up to me and he goes, you know, well, you, you know, you should look at the, the paper and this and, you know, talking to me, you know, yeah, I'm ready. And I did the same mm-hmm. and I, I got the part. And I shot two days. My mom made me join the union <laughs> with the money. We get to keep the money. And <laughs> and uh, and then it wasn't until maybe two, three, four years later, I can't remember, um, the location manager on a Bronx tale mm-hmm. was in NYU film school. And he wind up writing a script called Kiss Me Guido, ah. which was a comedy, uh-huh. underground comedy that winded up getting distributed by Paramount that kind of made a lot of noise. Uh-huh. And I got an agent from that. And it really was in that little process mm-hmm. that, you know, independent uh, shooting in New York at that time when an independent movie was really an independent movie. Right. And, and uh, that's where I really fell in love with acting and the whole process and, and the whole, the, just the whole, the whole thing. So it was your mother who gave you the but little nudge. I always nudge. loved movies, you know? I always loved movies. How, how did you have pictures to go to, del- to even turn in at the, A Bronx Tale? Because they did everything at the Playhouse. Oh. They, you went in, they took a Polaroid. Oh. You went in again, they took a Polaroid. This time they took a Polaroid. It was just, I'm telling you, it was like eight times. Wow. It, it was like Polaroid, Polaroid, Polaroid. They just, the, the group kept dwindling. Wow. Dwindling, like 200, 150, 100, wow. 75, wow. 50, 25. I mean, it was literally like, and so, and so people were getting knocked off left and right. and. Wow. And I was never really being considered for the main roles mm-hmm. because I, I didn't look Italian enough. You know, that's I just, so crazy. I played a little rougher. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so they say, yeah, let's uh, originally the, the role was Nikki Four Eyes. Huh. And then they changed the role to uh, Nikki Zero. Right. How come? And oh, because uh, she didn't you have know, glasses? Why did they change it? And I got the I got the point, you know, the. 
the, I, 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 you know, I winded up seeing De Niro 20 years later, mm-hmm. almost to the day. Wow. When we worked on the family together wow. and he remembers everything. Wow. Which was mind blowing to me. Yeah. But, you know, if it wasn't for De Niro's directorial debut and, and Chaz writing a script about the Bronx, I don't know. Wow, Dom. That's really such don't a, know. That's such a great... My friend Drew is, is uh, De Niro's partner at Tribeca Grill and Nobu and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, and my daughter actually works at Tribeca Grill now. She goes to NYU. And uh, she got to see De Niro oh, okay. a couple of weeks ago and almost lost so her nice shit. nice down there. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. Beautiful. So so when the when the movie comes out and you've got this juicy little part, which I just watched again today on 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 YouTube, uh, uh, what happens to your life? Which is ad lib. A lot of that is ad lib. Really? Yeah. And so, what? How does your life change when that movie comes out? Um, it it really didn't change. Mm. It is. You know, I didn't have the big part. Right. You know, but it, it wasn't until uh, Tony Batali um, wrote Kiss Me Guido mm-hmm. and remembered me mm-hmm. and remember, I guess, you know, I was just a quiet kid. I came in, I did what I had to do and I left mm-hmm. and I didn't cause any trouble. And and um, and he had this auditioning. He had this whole whole, whole audition process. You know, it, what I always find very funny is what? how independent movies, they make you audition five, six times. But big movies, they automatically know. It's like you go in, you either get it or you don't. You know, I, I always found that weird. But, uh, and he writes this movie and I go in and I, he, you know, it's the same process, calls me back. I guess because I was green, you know. Yeah. I didn't know. This is where I wish I had gone to school because I feel like a lot of these people, a lot of these young kids Mm -hmm. and and that that, that, when they come out, they're prepared. Mm. They're prepared. They know, they know the system. They know, you know, is it going to teach them to act better? I don't know, Mm -hmm. but at least they're aware of the process. Mm -hmm. I wasn't even aware of the process. Right. So, you know, do you think it really cost you? Because I don't think you could possibly work more. I mean, how could you possibly cost, work more? You're cost, always yeah, working. Because I, 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 I think a lot, I, I, think, I think a kid who goes to NYU and goes to film school mm-hmm. or goes to theater school comes out with a lot of confidence. Mm. I think there's something to be said for that. Samantha's in the same, uh, my daughter's in the yeah, same studio I mean, they, that Ben. They, they've done plays in front of people. Right. They've, they've, they've. You know, they've been instructed on on things to do, things not to do. Mm-hmm. Um, of, of course, I, I, I don't see how you, you don't have the upper hand. Well, I, I think for you, I think you have a natural gift. And I also think you are dedicated to your own education, as we talked about earlier. And you've... And I got lucky. Well, luck has something to do with it. That's for sure, too. Yeah, of course. Of course, I got I got very lucky. There's a lot of people that um, that I have to thank, you know. Um, 
Where where did your career take a turn where you felt that because you you work so much where where did that kind of where did that break happen do you think probably the wire yeah, well hell yeah yeah i'd say mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. probably up to the point the wire was my first well not really. Uh, there, I did a pro- I did a project for Tom Fontana and Barry Levinson mm-hmm. called The Beat, mm-hmm. which was a UPN show which ran one season, mm-hmm. and that was like my first time actually being part of a show. But it wasn't really until The Wire where you know you ha- you have a job, right. you have a job, you have to leave, you have, you have to relocate. Um, you're working with an ensemble cast. Um, and you're doing unbelievable material. Yeah, you know you're reading scripts, and you, first you're finding out, oh, shit. I hope I don't die. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then you're like, okay, um, okay, I made it. Let me read this again now. <laughs> and you read it, and it, it was, you know, it was uh, just a, a very socially conscious show. And mm-hmm. but, but the, the I wasn't. You know, during the hiatus, I would still get some movies. I would do, a, like, a movie, a small part in a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, during the hiatus. And, and then when The Wire finished, you don't don't forget, a lot of people weren't watching The Wire when we shot it. Yeah, I know, it's a binge show. We never even got nominated. We never, you know, no one even knew we were on. Wow. You know? And it wasn't until a few years after people, you know... So it, it just caught on, you know, and, and people were like, oh, my God, I can't believe I didn't see the show. And, and, you know, and a lot of people in the business watch the show. Right. Right. So um, so that, that that's great when you can do a show on cable that a lot of people in the business and your peers watch mm-hmm. and respect mm-hmm. it, 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 you know, it, 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 it could make things a little easier. You know, you walk into a room in an audition or, or you have a meeting and and you at least have something to talk about, you know? And so, so. It, I mean, there are people, Louise and I were talking about this earlier, that there are people who will swear that The Wire is the best show that has ever been on television. And um, that's quite a statement. Um <sighs> And to have been a huge part of that, I'm. That's quite a legacy that you have. Um, that I'm sure had a lot to do with everything that came after it. Um, did did Entourage happen soon after The Wire? Yeah. Entourage happened uh, in the midst of The Wire. Ah. Um, um, I believe around when I was shooting season four of the wire, um, you know, um, entourage, that whole, that whole thing. Uh, at one point, the show was set up to be a little different. I was considered to be, uh, you know, probably, you know, I was in the running to be a regular on that show. Turtle. And Were you going to be turtle? Not, not turtle. Uh, it, was, it was just, the show was set up differently uh-huh. at that time, and then they they went a different way with the show, mm-hmm. and and I couldn't do the show anyway because um, at that time 
you couldn't be a, a regular on two two shows mm-hmm. on the same network. You know, the, mm-hmm. you know, it's like what Edie Falco had when she did Sopranos. She couldn't do Oz anymore. You know, right, right. So, um, but yeah, Entourage happened later on. Like, um, uh, I, I think it was the fourth season. Was, and was that yeah. was that yeah, as third much season or fourth season? Was that as much like that. fun for you as it looked like it was? I, I was just watching that again today on YouTube, and mm. the first thing I see is Jesus. your naked ass on. on oh, this. I'm sorry, <laughs> but you you you're such a mook in that, and you're so different in that. It's like the antithesis of Herc on 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 the wire. So was that fun for you to to get to do that? No, not at all. No, <laughs> uh, no. Um, the cat, a lot, well, the the Wire character, Herc, was very frustrating to me because he couldn't do anything right Mm. or he tried to do everything, tried to do things that were right and he just went crazy. He did, he just, you know, Mm -hmm. um, took the wrong path, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. became a bit of a bully. Um, it's just it's not somebody who I identify with, right. it, you know, it's, it's, you know, I, that's not fun. Is, you is, know? is that that's hard? Not, that's not fun. Is that hard to, um, because y- 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 you played him with, with, in, with total integrity. So, and, and yeah. commitment. So is that difficult when you don't respect your character to get to embody, to get inside and be, and be that person? I respected, I respected the character. I respected what his intentions were, mm-hmm. which was trying to make a case the best, you know, the best way. What I didn't respect was his way of going about things. Mm-hmm. And, and and on that show, people didn't change. Mm-hmm. You know it, that sh- that the wire didn't sugarcoat anything. Mm-hmm. You know if 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 you're a bad person, you just don't wake up in season three and not and now you're a great person. <laughs> that doesn't happen in life, right? You know if if you're an asshole, you're gonna be an asshole the rest of your life. <laughs> you know yeah. it's just who you are. Mm-hmm. You know. And, and so that, you know, uh, okay, I read the script. Okay, well, I'm, I'm getting Bodie and I'm throwing him up against the car and, and I'm basically going to the corner and lining up all these, these guys and, and harassing them. Great. You know, right. That's not, you know, that's not who I am. Yeah as, yeah. as a young man, I was the guy on the wall, you know? <laughs> so. Um, and then the Dom character, uh-huh. um, no, I mean, that wasn't fun either. Yeah. Fun. Well, yeah. Why was it? It wasn't fun I don't, to work I don't, on. No, I don't think it was, it, 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 it was, it was, it was, it was, uh, it, it was, it was great because I got to meet some really great people mm-hmm. and, and a lot of them are my friends till this day. Mm-hmm. But no, I mean, it's, it, you know, after, you know, I, I, I thought the, the whole, the whole purpose of that character mm-hmm. was to come in like a hurricane and annoy everybody and, 
and then not only annoyed, but turn their world upside down because mm. they're living this perfect life right. in L.A., you know, and, 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 and this guy represent this Dom represented who they were supposed to be. Mm. Show the authenticity of who they, if they never were in LA, this is who they would be. Wow. And I thought it was too soon, too fast, you know, and the kind of, I was hoping to, to wean him out a little bit to, to him become this guy, but Doug Allen wanted him real fast, and mm-hmm. and I respect Doug, and I'll, you know I'll do whatever Doug wants, you know, mm-hmm. and and um, so yeah, I mean, it it, it was tough. Then yeah, you know what? I'm gonna walk into the kitchen. I'm gonna walk naked, and I'm gonna threaten a guy with a with a pan. <laughs> you know, um, and then uh, and then when we're walking to the car, I'm gonna take the keys because yeah. I want to drive. Yeah. These are not redeeming qualities, yeah. you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, was it was it fun? It was it was it was fun in the sense that I got to work with really good people, right? Yeah. And they made it fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, has anything you've done been fun? Because you do a lot of dark, heavy stuff. Well, when you say fun, <laughs> satisfying. I mean, I mean, fun. do you ever go in work, and you're like, I, going you can't... to work and having a job is yeah. fun. That's true. Um, but it's difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's it's difficult. You know, you it's difficult to have a certain mindset for twelve, thirteen, fourteen hours, and then. Uh, you know, switch it off and, and then shit, I got to go be a bully today. Right. You know, and stay, stay in that mode or I got to, you know, I got to, it's just like somebody who has to be funny. Mm-hmm. You know, can you imagine doing a comedy and, 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 oh shit, you know, uh, I got to be funny. I got the, all these lines have to land, you know, com- com- especially comedy. Comedy is, I mean, Louisa knows, I mean, it's, you got to be funny. It's so hard to make people laugh. Yeah. So much harder. And and imagine if you woke up on the wrong side of the bed and said, oh man, I got to go make people. It's hard. Yeah. Is it fun? I don't know. It's true. I mean, I. Yeah. Fun, fun is, uh, I don't know. I, you know, fun. Maybe lunch is fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, it, craft service is fun. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, I mean, well, you take it, what it, you it, do it, seriously. It, I, I get fun it because of the relationships you make and you're working and and the process is difficult. But yes, it is fun. I understand what you mean by that. But I, I don't want the audience to think it's it's just it's a party. And, yeah. You know, it's it, it's not that. Yeah, I, I, not for me anyway. I I, I hear you. So so I imagine so the wire didn't take off right away. So does your life still not change after the wire? I remember auditioning. I remember auditioning during the hiatus in L.A. Mm-hmm. During maybe. 
the hiatus of the third season and casting agents didn't know what The Wire was. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. I, that's hard to believe. It's but... not crazy, and uh, you can't blame them. You know, you can't blame them because we weren't nominated for anything. Mm. Uh, we were pretty much the redheaded stepchild at HBO at that time. I mean, they had great, they had big shows. Right. They had some really big shows right. at that time. And we just, we, you know, we were just happy that they were. Were you guys on things, at the same time you know? as, as, um, as the Sopranos and Sex in the City and stuff? Soprano, Sex in the City, uh, yeah. Six Feet Under, Wow, yeah, Carnival, Rome, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so has your life changed? I mean, because you you work so much, you've done so many things. What what is it like for you? Like, has your life changed when you go out? Do people I, I, people have to recognize you? I can't. I yeah, people do. Yeah. And so yeah. you're getting yeah. like a better I mean, table yeah. in a restaurant, and how, how has it changed your I'm life? I'm always surprised how many people recognize me when I'm outside of the country. Mm. That's interesting. You know, when, I, when I was in France doing a movie in France, or well, when I was when I was doing a show in in Toronto, or when I was in when I just, I, I just finished the film in Vancouver mm-hmm. um, last week. I mean, pe- people recognize I, I, I'm, I'm, that. Always surprises me. Yeah. And so, like, has it changed your life? Like, do you get, like, the good table at the restaurant and stuff? No, not, I mean, <laughs> I call for reservations. I don't know. <laughs> no. No. Um, no, no, I mean, well, you know, every once in a while, you know, somebody's doing something a little extra special for you. Yeah. Which always makes me feel a little weird, you know? Um, I don't know. How I'm about just, how about with your friends and family? How how has it impacted your relationships with the people that are close to you? Has it? Um, they're pretty normal. I mean, you know, they're like, "Hey, great, okay, you did a movie, great, okay." So you're not, but you still home? do you still you have know? to take out the garbage at your uh, mom's house? What's that? Do you still have to take out the garbage at your mom's house? Do you still have to like do? Are are you just like uh, are you like everybody else at the family table, or is Dom special? Well, you know, I come from a very blue collar family. Yeah. So um, I'm just built that way. Yeah. You don't have to tell me to take out the garbage. I like that. I like. But so, in other words, so at, at the at the holiday table, you're dumb. You're one of everybody. You're you're not. They don't treat you differently because you're an actor. No. That's no. so cool. I love that. I love that the most. Yeah. And so yeah. now with Rosewood, are you guys picked up yet? Do you know what's going on with that? No, no, we got canceled. Oh <gasps> no. Yeah. yeah. We got canceled. We, we when we did two seasons, and we will not be doing a third. Uh, well, I have no doubt you're going to be working. Like, <laughs> I mean, I already see you've got like three things, uh, like in post production, pre production, filming. You're like, yeah, I don't know what that's about. They should only, uh, uh, yeah, you know, it's funny how people attach you to their projects. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not sure about the other. Uh, the only thing I've completed since Rosewood mm-hmm. is, uh, well, there are a couple. Yeah, a couple of there are two things that are in post 
the film that I did for a buddy of mine called Frank and Ava. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's in post on that. And then uh, Heart Powder is the movie that I just finished in Vancouver. Uh, Liam Neeson movie. Nice. Yeah, that that was fun. Uh, I worked with a great director, a great cast. Um, that should be exciting. And that'll have a twist in you see me play something a little different in that. Nice. Something that that's set up the same way. I can't I can't tell you what 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 the turning point is and what the spin is, but you're gonna be very shocked. Wow, cool. Well, you should be. I hope so. Did you, Did you work with Liam? Did you work have scenes with him? No, because I I have a scene with him, but I didn't get to where I met him. Mm-hmm. Um. Um, he, there's a scene, well, see, if, if you meet Liam in the movie, you're dead. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. (laughs) That's, that's, that's a little bit of a tip right there. Yeah. 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 I can't divulge that much, but it's a remake. It's a remake Mm -hmm. of... Scandinavian movie called Order of Disappearance and uh, Stellan Skarsgård played the Liam role Mm. in the original Mm -hmm. and it's the same writer director and um, and uh, and that version is is incredible I mean if you don't mind subtitles and stuff like that but uh, so they basically the director uh decided to do the same movie with Liam and um, uh, with, you know, the different producers and the mm-hmm. studio canal and, and uh, those, those guys are, are, are uh, distributing the movie and whatnot. And, and uh, so it, it's, it should be great. I'm looking forward to it. Was, was... I had a great time working with uh, the director, Hans, Hans Molan. He's, he's unbelievable. He's really, really a treat. Well, I look forward to seeing this different you in it. Yeah. Wasn't that the case with Bridge well, of Sun? That, it's a, it, it, he's, he's, a, he's a henchman, Yeah, but he, he's very stoic and he's very professional. But he's, he's a henchman, butler. He, he does everything for this guy. Uh-huh. Um, you, you ha- if, you, if you see the original movie, you understand. Uh-huh. But yeah, you... The more I say, the more you, you more I give away, I, and I can't. Right. Okay, yeah. don't don't do it. Don't do it. Want to be surprised? No, I haven't I'm seen. Do, I'm not going to do it, Vicky. I haven't <laughs> seen. I haven't seen the original, so I'm not going to watch it until I. I'm going to see your version first, and then I'm going to go back. A glass of water. <laughs> water. I'm going to watch your version water. first, then I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch the original. But Bridge of yeah. si- wasn't Bridge of Size also? Spies. Or, uh, so, so, Spies, Bridge of Spies. I'm saying size. Wasn't because I'm like in Europe here. Wasn't Bridge of Spies originally a foreign? Was it originally a foreign film? I'm thinking of something. Was it not? No, it wasn't. Um, I don't believe so. No, it's a, it's based on a true story. Okay, so that's what um, I'm thinking. And did you work? And and so how is Tom Hanks? Is he is he what everybody says he is? Like the greatest guy ever? Tom Hanks is great. Yeah, he was a big. He was a big. Fan of the wire, mm. and uh, he. I think. I think. Uh, I forgot what son kind of 
turn him on to it. And he's like, yeah, I've been watching the show. And uh, <laughs> oh no, I don't do a good Tom Hanks. But, uh, and uh, he's like, yeah, I'm watching the show. It's great. And and when I yeah, and he, when I was on set with him, he 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 was great. Even was great. I mean, I had I mean. Um, I've been really blessed. I've been. I've worked with some really great people. You sure really have. Talented. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've really been lucky. I've really been lucky. Has there been anything that you've Cindy done in Lamette your and that that work with Sidney Lamette a few years back, mm. um, just before he passed away? Wow. I mean, I mean, he's he's my guy. You know, mm. I mean. When people talk about directors, he's 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 the guy I go to. Wow! You know, mm-hmm. there's not a movie he's made that I haven't watched maybe five times. Wow! I've watched them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, Is I've been very lucky. I've been very lucky to work with, with a lot of people who these are guys, These are guys who think who think outside the box. You know, right. they they're willing to give a guy like me a chance. You know. How is it working on, on Sneaky Pete? It, it, was that like a different, this whole new kind of binge watching show thing that's going on? Was that any kind of different Did experience? Did you like Sneaky Pete? Yes. Hell yeah. And, and how, how was that a different experience working on it because of that whole way of presenting? Does it change how it's shot? No. No. No, it doesn't change how it's shot at all. Okay. Yeah. No. I mean the the process is still the same. It's 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 basically shot the same way as any cable show. Mm-hmm. Because you know I I I've done um I, uh, was it Sneaky Pete? I, that's for Amazon. Mm-hmm. But originally it was for CBS. Oh. Huh. And then it went to Amazon. Um, and I did Daredevil. I did a, a an episode of Daredevil, and that was for Netflix. And they shot. The shot, they're no different than if you're doing a show on HBO or or any of the other cable networks. Okay, now I want to ask you about that because I went to a Netflix event last week and it was a comedy panel mm-hmm. with Judd Apatow and Chelsea Handler and Marta Kaufman and Bill Burr. Mm-hmm. And they were all saying, because they've all got Netflix shows now, and they were saying that their experience with Netflix is that it's completely different than anything else any of them had ever done before because Netflix encourages them to not be formulaic and to stick to their mission and to be completely unique. There is no formula there. And that freedom, they they were saying how empowered they are by it. And I was so turned on by how not only Netflix treats their artists and their talent, but also how they treated us, uh, we were a SAG audience coming in, and they like they treated us like we were like they had like a candy bar and an open bar, and they had people taking pictures, and they were they just treat people really well over there. Um, yeah. I actually bought some stock today because I'm so impressed with them. So your experience filming with them? Buy me any? I <laughs> I'm telling you, buy some Netflix. It's at its high right no. now, but I. It, it's doubled in the last year. I really believe in Netflix, personally. Um, I, I believe in all. I believe, you know, uh, I, I, uh, Hulu, Netflix, yeah. Amazon, 
We have epics now. Um, you know, um, I remember back in the day, AMC was a boutique. Right. It was like a boutique place, and Mad Men just made them huge. Right. You know, and and I mean, on a creative level, mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about people who are creating shows. I don't know how that affects how different his, his you know, like Jared Apatow, mm-hmm. how his show on Netflix is different than what he does on Girls or what his role is on that or, you know, how how Michael managed that might be. I have no idea, but I'm as an actor, mm-hmm. you walk on a set, you have a script, mm-hmm. you shoot. Yeah. Um, it's the same. Right, right. That makes sense. I, I, that makes sense. Yeah. So, so yeah. Dom, is there anything that you haven't done yet that you aspire to do? Is there anything that, that, like, you hope happens in your future or that, I don't know, is there anything still? Mm. I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, no, that's, that's a... Is there anybody that you'd like to work with um, that you haven't worked with yet? I, you know, I, 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 I take it as it comes, Vicky. I really do. That's a really I'm, good I'm, way to I'm, live. I, I really want to start working more with my generation. Mm. Um, I really want to start working more with people in and around my age and and what they're doing, and um, I, I want to be part of that. You know, because. Um, they're starting to make movies. They're starting to write movies. They're starting to create shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, like for instance, Rosewood. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, those producers, those create, those, they're, they're my age. You, you know. Um, so it's like the next generation. I get you. Yeah, you know, I, I, I you know work with somebody my age, and, and I just, I, I just want to work with as many people and have great experiences as many people as possible. Is there a role that I want to play? I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe down the line when I'm the right age to play a certain character, do a biopic or do a limited series based on someone right now. I'm, I'm trying to get a show off the ground. Um, I have a writer that I'm working with and we're creating, uh, uh, we're doing a treatment for uh, a one hour serialized uh, cable show. Ah. Um, and we're trying to, we're trying to get that off the ground. So I, I want to venture into producing and, and directing. Nice. I, I really want to direct. I always see myself on, I always catch myself on, on set, you know, you know, how about if we do it this way? And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I won't tell anybody, but I always see things a certain way, you know. Well, as a student of your craft, I have a feeling you're going to be quite good at it. Oh, I, I look Maybe f- that's the next tool that goes into the toolbox. That sounds good. Yeah. That sounds yeah. good. I don't know. I, I, you know, I'm all about that toolbox. I, you know, I, I believe in that toolbox. Part of what we do on the road taken is after we speak yeah. with you, we do a takeaway of what we think your tools are 
that can help people that are still coming up trying to merge creativity and commerce, which you've managed to do so successfully. And for the rest of us who are still trying to figure it out, you've got tools that we want. And um, so we're going to... like a question or like a rapid fire question kind of thing? No, it's just after we yeah. hang up with you, Louise and I are going to discuss what we think the takeaway is from Dom. Oh, from you're going to do an assessment? Yeah, we're going to assess you. We're going to okay. judge you, Dom. We're going to... We're going okay. to judge you. We're going we're gonna to say what our takeaway is. And, and I, I already know, for me, uh, um, what, y- there's a lot to be gained from, from what you've shared today. But, and be, but before we do that, and before I let you go, I, I have a question for you that's a little silly, but, but this is kind of how we wrap each week. Um, do you have any guilty pleasures, Dom? Is there anything that you love to to eat, to do, to watch, to, to sing, to listen to that you feel kind of weird about and you hope nobody knows or watches you do it? Is there anything you have, like, guilt or shame around? Oh, God, where do I start? Tell me. Tell us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hear Louise laughing. Yeah. Uh, uh, guilty pleasure. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a good one for you. It doesn't uh, have to be good. It can be a crappy one. I'm putting you on the spot. I know. I do this every week to people. I really should like give. Yeah, yeah. You just got to give me a second. Keep yeah. talking. Keep talking. All right. So, so I'll keep talking. Um, like, because I know, I know you're into food uh, because you love Phil. Why don't and, you say yours, Vicky, and then I'll say. Okay. Mine. So, like, I'm known, Dom, for I have my head in a bag of Cheetos in a picture on social media because I love Cheetos. I love potato chips. I love Cheetos. Salty, fatty things. Are such a I could get law I could I could eat that for the rest of my life and eat nothing else and probably be happy, um, right? And and I'm not very proud of it because it's total garbage junk food. But it but I love it. Um, so that's one of my guilty pleasures. What's yours, Louise? I have a lot. Yeah, I have uh, a lot like too. Dom. But I'm gonna say, growing up, uh, I was really into crooners mm. and my parents' record collection. So I was into you know, I'd listen to Stephen Eady. You couldn't go in. You couldn't go to school and say like, "Hey, did you guys check out the new Steve Lawrence <laughs> album? Right, it right. is yeah, yeah. off the chain." You know, you just had to kind of sneak it. Yeah. But yes, I love me some crooners, Jack Jones, uh, Vic Damone. I love them too. Sure. Your turn, Dom. Yeah, your Top turn. that. Um. Probably glazed donuts. Oh, there Ooh. we go. Oh, that's a good one. They're terrible could, for you. They're bad, bad, bad. Cake. I've been known to wake up in the middle of the night and kill a whole pound cake. Ah. Nice. Is Sarah Lee? Right back to bed. Are you into Sarah Lee? Huh? You into Sarah Lee? I'm into anything. Nobody isn't. Because Sarah Lee pound if cake. It, if it's a pound cake yeah. or a glazed donut, mm. I, I, I can't have one. Yeah. That's you know, a, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm that way with yeah, Cheetos and potato it. chips. Yeah. I can go through that back. But the I'm, si- I'm, you know what? You know what else I'm like that with? What? Actually, salt and vinegar chips. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, and and if you take that glazed donut and you eat it with the potato chips, because there's nothing like sweet and salty at the same time. Oh please, 
you take a, 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 a pretzel and you dip it into some haagen vanilla ice cream, that's like heaven right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love <laughs> Dom, now you're giving me ideas. Now. There you go. Now it's time to go uh, raid the fridge. Dom, I want to thank you yeah. so, so much for doing this. I've been chasing you since last July, driving you crazy every single week. Can you do it next week? Can you do it next? And thank you so no, much I, for. I just wanted to make sure I would be able to vote the time that you needed, you know? I wanted to do it right. Well, you know, I'm s- and and uh, I'm glad I'm glad we, we find. I wish I was face to face with you doing this, but. Um, do you guys do face? Do you guys do it in sessions? You don't do always. You don't. You don't always do it over the phone. No, right? usually we do it in the studio. But what's yeah. really exciting, in the Dom, studio, is yeah. starting at the end of the month, where we're moving and it's going to be on Zina TV. We're actually going to be a video, a, a like a internet video TV, podcast, a video TV show podcast thing. So, well, why don't we get together when you come to New York? So, and maybe do like a second segment. We're definitely going to do it, but we're going to need you to the studios in LA. So, I know oh, without okay. a shadow of a doubt you're going to be working in LA again. That goes without question. So, well, could only hope. I no. I am I am I say that with certainty as much as I do that the sun's going to rise tomorrow. You will be in LA again and I'm sure it's not going to be very far from now and I w- we would love to have you back and have you in the studio with us. It'd Absol- be great. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Dom. Have a great Thank rest of your night. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. So easy. Yes. Dom. So you're meeting Dom for the first time. Yes. He's a good guy. Isn't yes. He a good great. Guy? Fantastic. He's like so down to earth and so genuine and real. And that whole blue collar background, he's very grounded. Yes. You know, it's like, did you have fun? Well, it's not about fun. It's work. You know, he takes what he does really seriously. Yeah. I think the word fun didn't apply. Uh, maybe if we had asked him... Um, are you doing what you love? You know, he may mm-hmm. have answered that a little bit differently, but I, I think maybe he associates the word fun with time off. And when and he's at fro- work, he, he's at work. Yeah, and also I think he attributes fun to like frolic and laughing. And he is a craftsman and he does take it seriously. Even when he's doing a comedy, he takes it seriously. Yes. And I think part of that too is that he didn't have the training that he spoke of, you know, the, the traditional training. And so there, I think there is an ongoing certain insecurity that he experiences, which causes him to apply himself all that more seriously to what he's doing. And that toolbox he was speaking of, for me, the takeaway with Dom is filling that toolbox with Every, but being a, a student of his craft in everything. So on the set, as he said, watching the directors, watching everything that's going on, watching movies over and over and over again, watching The Sopranos over and over and over again, and just really paying attention. He's always in school. He's always in school. And, and I think he loves that. He may not want to use the word fun, but I do think that he's drinking in everything that he can access to improve himself. I, I think that's absolutely the truth. I think his ongoing quest to be the best yes. that he can be, and, I, and and it shows in his work because he's he's 
he's so many different things. You know, as I said, both sides of the law all the time. You know, going from the mook to the to the cop to the to the sergeant to the whatever, and um, equally adept at, at everything he does. And I can't wait to see this new film with Liam Neeson and see him do this change of character. How fun that'll be! Well, Louise, thank you so much for another fabulous. Um, Fun for me. I <laughs> had fun. I hope you did. and I, I did. And I hope all of you out there did as well. So come back. You know, so I always say we'll see you next Tuesday. New shows every Tuesday. But starting June 28th, it's going to be live on Wednesdays. Really? Wow. Yeah, we're going to be live. We're going to be live um, on on Zina TV, we're also going to go live on the Facebook. So um, yeah, without wow. an, we're going to be rec- we're going to be we're going to be shooting without a net, <laughs> and uh, and I love that. That's fun. Yeah. So um, for now, um, we are a radio free podcast here whenever you are. So go mine mine the archives, and and um, next week we'll be back with a new show, and we will see you then. Thanks. We're here on The Road Taken. The Road Taken is a radio-free podcast here whenever you are. A new show every Tuesday. Available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, and on the corner of Hollywood and Vine where I'll be using a bullhorn. Well, you can also get links to all this and more at VickiAbelson.com. That's V-I-C-K-I-A-B-E-L-S-O-N. Please follow, subscribe, review, lather, rinse, repeat... Till next Tuesday. And mine and binge our archive while you're at it. It's rich with information, inspiration, and fun, damn it. Thanks for listening. And if you like to watch, keep your eyes peeled for our next Facebook Live. <laughs>